Welcome to Truth in Lending, the podcast for loan originators by loan originators. On today's show, we're going to talk about the market and what's going on and why from the experts, your host. Today is April 27, 2022, and now your host of the Truth in Lending podcast, Randy Vance and Miss Katie Pelcher. I don't get a mister in front of my introduction. Not today, you don't, sir. You're not as fancy as me. We're going to talk about some uh, exciting things today, and I don't know if they're exciting or anxiety-producing. Anxiety-producing? Um, I'm a little scared. Yeah. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> my anxiety goes up anytime I check MBS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> I I actually did notice that the uh, that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac opened up the six and a quarter rate i just noticed that yesterday 6.125 and six and a quarter are open Mm. for business Mm -hmm. have fun selling that (laughs) you don't sell it it's the option (laughs) it is yes it is an option (laughs) it is an option Truth in Lending is an informative and industry-diverse podcast designed to help mortgage professionals and consumers alike. As mortgage professionals, anytime we are giving our opinion or advice related to the mortgage world, we are doing license activity, in which case we must disclose our unique identifiers. Randy Vance, NMLS 1455628, and Synergy One Lending, NMLS 1907235, Equal Housing Lender. Katie Pelcher, NMLS 1588514, and Loan Depot, NMLS 1774457, Equal Housing Lender. Very equal around here. <laughs> well, um, home prices, but not the sky, they're falling. Not by a whole lot. Not by a whole lot. But they are falling. The statistic I heard was in our market, 22 houses dropped, did a price decrease last week. So that's wow. a lot. Well, happening. you know, on the West Coast, there are very few places where prices are falling. According to Realtor.com, uh, the top 10 places in America where home prices are falling, uh, starting with number 10, Richmond, Virginia. Sorry, folks in Richmond, uh, but your prices are falling. Uh, Chicago, Illinois. I guess people just don't want to live in the Windy the City. city. Mm-hmm. It's windy. Yeah. Number eight is Memphis, Tennessee, followed by the only one in the top ten on the West Coast. Number seven, Los Angeles, California. Uh, Tulsa, it's probably Oklahoma. the first time that prices have been decreasing there. In three decades. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised by that. Yeah. 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 I'm not. Nope. They've been overpriced for three decades. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tornado Alley, um, Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, I actually talked to uh, one of the guys that that works for me, and he said Springfield, Massachusetts is kind of a dump. So (laughs) anyone who's listening in Springfield, Massachusetts, please feel free to email the show at truthandlendingpodcast at gmail.com and let us know (laughs) why. (laughs) Why are the house house prices falling? Uh, Pittsburgh, PA, number four in the top three, rounding out Detroit, Michigan. Really no surprise there. Rochester, New York at number two. Upstate New York. How are prices? Uh, can you call it upstate? Shocked. Can you call it upstate? You can. <laughs> I'm looking at the map, from <laughs> and it looks up the state. So I, my family is from real upstate in the Adirondacks. So Rochester. Mm-mm. Rochester's not upstate. Not upstate. What, what would you consider Rochester it's be to be? Like above on the little point and up. Okay. So what what would you consider Rochester? Just an eerie. It's on Lake Erie, Western New York. Western New York, okay. And number one, folks in Toledo, Ohio, your home prices are falling. Does number one mean the most? They're falling 
the most uh, by percentages i don't know this this uh, <laughs> statistics come from realtor.com um i any questions can go to realtor.com yeah. at gmail.com <laughs> absolutely Wait, that's too many dot coms absolutely <laughs> springfield massachusetts blame realtor.com <laughs> they're going to be my redheaded stepchild today and i hope that redheaded folks are not offended by that especially if you are a stepchild <laughs> um you know with rising interest rates and soaring inflation and rents at all-time highs it's the recipe for home falling prices. I mean, year over year. It's in the cookbook. Still, yeah. It's the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> add a little bit of inflation. And, and, uh, sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. Sprinkle in some higher rents and, you know, you're going to get falling home prices. Um, I do have one question because I've been asked it many times over the last few weeks. Are we headed into another recession? Yes or no, Joey? Yes, Go. absolutely. Wow. Yes. Yeah. 100%. It's not the great recession. Agreed. I mean, can we get some dun, dun, dun? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Recession 2.0. It's it's coming. It's really nothing to joke about. I really suffered through the recession as a loan processor. I worked for five companies in a three-year span that all ended up on the implodometer. In three of those companies, I didn't even get a final check from. So I have some of this life experience from the great recession that I just don't want to live through that again. I yeah. just want 3% interest rates. I want my phone to ring off the hook. I don't want to have to do any work. This is this will be my first recession in the industry. So I've got some learning to do, some bruises to get. Yeah. <laughs> and you're looking forward to the pain, aren't you? <laughs> she can't wait. Oh, to be young and virile. Right. Again. No, I am I am I don't think it's gonna really impact it's it's already been impacting uh, our employees, right? We right. we saw it coming, though. It's not like we saw this huge influx of the last two years that was going to take on all of the employment and then continue to take on that employment. That was it was expected to see that wave. There's come. a reason why they call it a refi boom, and it doesn't stick yeah. around forever. No, but the recession uh-uh. is going to happen outside of the housing world, so yeah. it's going to be everyone else. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of impacts all across. So let me let me ask your opinion as a millennial. So I, I lived through it. Joey lived through it, both working through the recession. You were in high school during the Great Recession mm-hmm. in college. So did you see that impact your parents or friends? Um, how did it affect you yeah. at all, if, if at all? Yeah, I, I think about this a lot. And because I've been in this industry and I hear about the bubble coming or what the bubble is. And I really never did have a huge impact on it. We um, lived below our means. I had my dad was a single income household and um, he was in um, the phone service. So just what what kind of work, line of work do I want to call that? People need phones. <laughs> was he a lineman? Um, yeah, he was. Yeah telecommunication so he he was out in the field like fixing the lines and yeah i we just we kept on keeping on <laughs> so meanwhile didn't, didn't randy and joey change. were digging through their couch cushions to find enough mm-hmm. change to buy a half rack of pbr <laughs> yeah yeah well we, you know, my dad actually just found that the house that he first bought um in silverton oregon uh is listed for sale and at three hundred and fifty thousand, and he told me he bought it for thirty eight thousand. <laughs> if he would have just held on to it, he would have had a thousand percent return. Come on, yeah, Dad, what's 30, wrong with you? But thirty eight thousand, and the fun fact that he gave me was that his annual gross income that year was thirty thousand. There's a lot more of us these days that are house poor. Yeah, 
Right. We pay so much just to live where we want to live, whether we own the property or are renting. Mm-hmm. And it's not all bad news, right? There's some good news. Um, year over year, uh, this time last year versus this time this year, prices are still up. You know, they're 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 going down a little bit, but you know, who knows what the way that, that rates are going. Uh, whoever that was getting an email, um, you're fired. Jerk. Katie? We had a good run. Definitely me. I know. Am I fired? Did I get fired? You might have to stand in the corner, but I don't think you're fired. You have got to stand in the corner. All right. I've got a few other bullet points I'd like to share. Let's have them. Uh, Builder profits are shrinking and balance sheets are growing. Um, So we will see a slowdown in new construction. And it's all sort of just, you know, very at its basic core trickle down economics. So as rates go up, home prices fall, those builder margins shrink, they make less, and then new construction new construction will basically come to a screeching halt. Can we afford to lose new construction though? That's going to be that's only going to improve house prices. I think in I think in booming markets where people are you know, wanting to live like Zoom towns like Bend, Oregon, uh, where people can come live in the beauty and be mm-hmm. close to nature and, um, you know, work from their living room or their kitchen mm-hmm. nook or Phil's trail. <laughs> Phil's trail. <laughs> With your laptop and your or Starbucks. Do all of my bachelor. work <laughs> on Phil's trail. Yeah, right. Well, hold on. Let me hit this run real quick. I, I actually did that on Monday. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, Katie, do you think right now, just in our particular market and maybe even broader market, do you think that bargains can be found and do you see us sort of taking a flip to a buyer's market? Uh, I really don't. And I think that that comes back to new construction. Wrong answer. Stopping. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I was just talking with a first time home buyer and you know, our market's so different, right? Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that there's much bargain to be found. And if there is, then someone else is going to We're definitely in. not Springfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> <Pick it> up, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I think that, I think we're going to continue to see house prices in our area stay stable. Um, decreases have already happened but i think it was a correction that needed to happen right um are you upset with this answer <laughs> you don't want me to be no that's okay it's, it's not exactly how i feel yeah um, what do you feel i i mean i i guess i just look at it a different way it's hard to say it's a buyer's market when interest rates are you know up to six and a quarter now as an option Mm-hmm. It's hard to say that it's a buyer's market. Um, I, I feel like by the end of this year, we may see ourselves in that. And then by the middle of next year, we'll actually be calling this a recession. And a lot of people that work in the construction business, if they're not working commercial or they don't have something that's already laid out, unfortunately, they're going to suffer. Um, Do you think that days on market is going to increase? Days on market will increase, I think, on certain price points of where people are comfortable with the cost of living um, will still move quickly. But I think the more expensive homes. Yes, I agree. will stay on the market longer. And this leads to my bold prediction that the great (laughs) relocation of COVID is over. Definitely agree with that. I do, too. The great relocation is over. Yeah. Uh, Those that can afford to relocate still. They will, but those numbers are so small. And with rates at where they are, people that you know, people that are buying houses right now are either one first-time buyers tired of paying rent, willing to pay five and a half percent for a thirty-year fixed, or people that are being relocated for work or just a change in lifestyle. So yeah, and people are probably getting relocated for work for remote jobs that they thought that they had, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden have to go back to work. I think that's yep. going to be a huge thing. Um, but 
that idea of, of remote work is going to change too in the near future. We've already seen it. Everyone come, being called back to be in office and have that office community, um, right. which for a while everyone thought would never be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. How do you think it's going to affect Bend and Central Oregon in specific? We're just so different. This market mm-hmm. is so different. Um, do you think it'll be the same results here? The faucet has been turned off for the last couple of weeks, and I think that's because we had some um, unseasonable weather come through. Uh, most people who mm-hmm. I've talked to, including uh, title companies, uh, have said that they are literally you know, stepping over each other for a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, wow. There's a lot of infighting going on, and we'll probably see that you know, even on some level um, within mortgage companies, within mortgage offices, um, and, and not just in the mortgage world. Good thing we're in just, the safe space here. We are in the triangle of right trust. Right at each other's throats, right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's basically the, all, all we've got on that topic. Uh, I did want to give a nice introduction oh, for gosh. Katie's Corner. <laughs> if we can get this recorded, it's fabulous. And now, from the great clips of mortgages, it's Katie's Corner. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Hold on. My wife said last night when I when I said, yeah, no, Katie, she works at Lone Depot. She's like, oh, the Great Clips of Mortgages. Have you ever gone to Great Clips? No. I used to go to Great Clips all the time. A nice bargain. Um, My boyfriend did, and good, I, as I've soon as we started dating, haircuts. I was like, yeah, get. No, it was sports clips that he went to. Okay. And now, from the sport <laughs> clips of mortgages, you can't bash on Katie's this. Corner. You can't, if I can't do shameless promotion, you can't do shameless bashing. There's only one rule on this show, and it's not, it's not no shameless one. bashing. So what do you do have we, to share do, with us? Can you take a little cannot, off the we top? We cannot do that. We can't. You can't do that. It's the colors. Can you take just... It's, that's what it is. It's, it's the branding. Yeah. The branding... No, I'm, a, I'm a one and a half on the sides and the back. If you could fade it up at the top, that'd be great. He's just not letting go. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> the Lone Depot logo, you hate it that much? I don't think Are anybody we said we hated it. Katie's corner or not? I don't know. <laughs> Katie, you're in the corner. Time for you to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm That's sorry how? for attacking you, okay. but I'm, it was my wife's joke and it was hilarious and I had to share. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to get so much crap. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> All right. Welcome to Katie's Corner, where I get to share with you my insights, experiences, and opinions. So today I wanted to touch on the common topic of what to do with your home equity in today's rate environment. Lending Tree did a study that shows that 52% of all active credit cards in America carried a balance in the third quarter of 2021. With inflation and expected increase of the prime rate, that is about to get much more expensive for Americans. So as real estate professionals, we're aware that American homeowners hold more equity in their home than ever before. There are three different types of loan options to tap into your equity. In the recent years, the most common for us mortgage loan originators have been a cash-out refinance, and the other two would include a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan. So, so you got a HELOC and HELON. Or HELOC, HELON. <laughs> so as a newbie in this rising rate environment, I haven't been that well-versed on HELONs as an alternative or a second loan is often mm-hmm. what they're called. But I didn't have knowledge, or I also didn't have knowledge in the tools that could be used in a HELOC. So I the, love that you still call yourself a newbie. Uh, You've been doing this for five plus years. But I have not been in an environment where rates have been rising. 
Yeah, you've had it pretty easy. <laughs> you've had it pretty that's, that's, easy. I'm new to this. I, I mean, for the last five years, I've seen rates slowly trickle down. They've gone yeah. up, they've gone down, but it's been in a downward trajectory, and now we're in the opposite very quickly. <laughs> so tell us, what is the difference between a HELOC and a HELOC? Yeah, so the Cliff Notes version, uh, a HELOC is a line of credit, so a 30-year loan with a 10-year draw period, typically, where the equity can be borrowed and repaid. It has a variable interest rate, and then during the draw period, there's only interest, there's interest-only payments that are required. But at year 11, no more draws can be taken, the balance is amortized over the remaining 20 years, and has principal and interest payments based on the variable rate. What I didn't know is that some lenders allow a portion of the funds to be locked in. So you can have a balance of 350 open to you, but if you take a $50,000 loan, you can lock in that 50,000 and start making a fixed rate principal and interest payments. Hmm. So you can con- can That's secure fancy. that interest rate. <laughs> yeah, um, the rate is typically gonna be higher than what the market's variable rate would be. But on a home equity loan or a he loan, it allows you to pull the equity immediately in a lump sum and there's fixed principal and interest payments, but they typically would have a higher interest rate in that. We uh, we used to call those fixed seconds back fixed in the day, seconds, but yeah. I like he loan better. He loan? Yeah. I hadn't, like I hadn't man, heard someone, when someone, said, yeah, when someone said, well, what about a he loan? I was like, what does that mean? And how, how, how much that? higher is the interest rate? Yeah, that's a good question. I I heard around three percent higher. Really, but it's yeah. fixed. But it's fixed, so it's that security. So awesome. But I thought it was interesting, just with borrowers in our market, that if they have a large balance that's already secured at a three percent mm-hmm. interest rate, um, you're doing them a disservice to not know what that is. So that's really where I explored it. Um, so it's important to be versed in these options as you navigate your client's best interests. Oh. That was a great corner. Thanks, Great Clips. (laughs) There has been some chatter among us of late. Rising costs for appraisals are nothing new. In fact, the days of a $500 appraisal are all but gone. I'm still shocked when I get the the borrower that says, $800 for an appraisal? You're kidding me? Last time we paid, it was $400. Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, here on the West Coast, expect to pay anywhere from $700 to $1,500 for a single-family appraisal. Lead times and due dates can run from two to six weeks depending on which market you are in. If you are in a hot market or a limited appraiser market, a due date really is just a best guess. Uh, during the refinance boom, appraisal waivers were an originator's best friend. Do you remember what those were? <laughs> Haven't seen them in a while. Seems like they've all but dried up. Thanks, Fanny. Thanks, Freddie. <laughs> uh, appraisers are a dying breed. Actually, I looked up their average age is 51 and 80% white males. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All sorts of different topics we could go on, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay the course here. <laughs> um, you know, they're a dying breed. With AVMs and so much data out there from the past five to six years, it's a wonder that we still have a human being responsible for determining value. With so much technology at our fingertips, why do we still base so much on opinion rather than fact? Great question. If I wanted to be an appraiser, we're talking a 2000 hour apprenticeship. That's just to be a conventional appraiser to get my limited license. Then I still need a mentor for the next two years. If I want to get FHA and VA to my list, thousands of hours, wow. thousands of hours in multiple case studies before they'll give you, you know, let you go. Um, add a few a few years to that timetable and a four-year degree because now, unless you're grandfathered in, you need that bachelor's or bachelor's equivalent Jeez. degree to be an appraiser. Are right? you serious? Is this absolutely? Is this just for Oregon? 
Uh, this is for all. Com- this is for conventional appraisers across the, the board. Interesting. Okay. Yes, uh, it's no wonder the cost for appraisals are growing and the appraiser population is dwindling. Again, I said you know the average age is basically close to the average age of a loan officer, which is fifty-four years old. Um, That's so true. I suppose I'd be a little cranky, like most appraisers are <laughs> these days, if I had to do all of that and all the work that's required in putting together a report. Um, you know, I'm not saying that we need to eliminate them altogether, but I'm saying we've got to be able to streamline the process a bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, we were off to a really good start with those appraisal waivers, and now they've just sort of gone away. And I don't know if that's a precursor of what the, the big wigs at Fannie and Freddie are talking about, you know, maybe they know something they aren't telling us yet. Anyways. Have you, have you been getting into desktop appraisals? A little bit. And yeah, there so are different options. Fan, Fannie and Freddie just started releasing that desktop appraisal on the findings. And I was really excited about that being an option. And I put out for my first desktop right. appraisal in California. And uh, it took as long. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go to the property, but they needed to get pictures of it, I believe. But it was as expensive and as long. Yeah. Like, what's the point? <laughs> There's no difference. <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> you know, value used to be something determined by a buyer and a seller. And I'm sure there's some loss mitigation folks in both of our companies that would disagree about totally eliminating appraisals, right? So let's not eliminate them. Let's streamline them, make them more cost effective, have alternative ways to determine value, and maybe not make the requirements so stinking high. So Fanny, Freddie, Ginny, Ellie, and Uncle Sam, <laughs> let's make some changes. And also uh, AMCs, Total racket, Mm -hmm. total racket. There's no disclosure between what they're paying the appraiser versus what they're raking in. Mm -hmm. And the communication between lenders and AMCs, even if a lender is the managing owner or partner of the AMC, there's still very limited communication. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a racket. That's just my opinion. Ought to be yours too. (laughs) And now for the Truth in Lending Mortgage News. Are you ready for this, Katie? Ready. Mortgage applications are down 5% week over week, uh, the week of uh, 4.7 to 4.15. Feel it. That's why I got to go mountain biking. <laughs> and I would say that uh, 5% is a really good estimate because I'm looking at about 20% decrease. Mm-hmm. Average rate as we record this show is up 8 to 10 basis points from last week, sitting right around 5 and a quarter, 5 and 3 eighths. Mm, for a 30-year conventional. But hey, how did the last two mm. days feel? Monday, Tuesday? Hey, the last two days felt great. If you have... Uh, Any deals to, if you got to MBS up, If you got MBS up there, we're losing traction right yeah, now. That's I just, that. you know... We need, we need a couple of <laughs> solid weeks before we can get excited about but rates I was, coming down. It just felt good waking up in the morning and seeing a 50 basis point improvement. That, that does feel good. And you had better lock it that second. That's because it's, if you've got live pricing... <laughs> With some early week rallies in a mortgage-backed securities and the 10-year yield background 2.75, rates could see some real improvement, according to Matt Graham of MBS Live, but he cautions that the current rally is similar to the one we saw in March, and we saw higher rates in March. So again, not much to see with this rally. Um, lock, don't float. Uh, the gains are not enough to signal a float recommendation. Uh, rates holding gains is like my bladder on the golf course. The only <laughs> thing floating are my eyeballs. Yes, I did write that. And if anyone's gone golfing with me, that's when my kidneys yep. suddenly decide to function. I've seen it many times. 
<laughs> uh, Mortgage News Daily published an article on April 25th that mortgage delinquencies are dropping uh, due in part to student loan deferrals, strong performance following forbearances, strong employment numbers, and those that are hanging on to their record low interest rates from the refinancing in the last two years. Uh, this article by Matt Graham as well. This guy's everywhere. I don't even know if he sleeps. Um, <laughs> I know that he had uh, he had he had surgery. I think it was last year, and the next day he was doing his job. This guy is just so. all over the place. I love it, and always put together too. That's <laughs> that's the next step for me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, looking at uh, looking at some of these delinquencies, the top five states uh, with mortgage delinquencies still at you know, almost record lows, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Alabama, West Virginia, the bottom five states, Utah, California, Colorado, Idaho, Washington, people still love living in the West. Hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. (laughs) I'm willing to bet in a month or two's time when we're talking again, we will probably see delinquencies start to raise. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know that we're going to see the short sale and foreclosure boom like we did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fannie Mae plans to release their first quarter financials on May 3rd. So plan on seeing some serious volatility in uh, the mortgage-backed securities and bond markets. Um, I think the numbers are going to look good, but I think they're false. Because towards the end of this first quarter, we've seen things slow down, especially in the month of April. And I think that's across the nation is feeling that scourge right now. So eh, first quarter financials will probably look really good. It's those second quarter financials that are probably going to be in the red. Just and, my opinion. And how, how will those financials uh, impact our market? Um, well, it's it's just going to directly affect bonds and mortgage-backed securities. Mm-hmm. So know. a positive financials would result in lowering higher rates higher interest rates higher interest rates yes yes unfortunately i could be totally wrong you can always email the show at truth and lending podcast at gmail.com i'm not always the expert on everything mortgage (laughs) not all the time um but you know please correct me if i'm wrong that's where i resort to barry habib or matt graham um, nothing, nothing to report from Freddie. I imagine we'll hear their first quarter results uh, probably the second week of May would be my guess. Uh, you can always go to FannieMae.com uh, forward slash newsroom and guide.freddiemack.com for more up to up to the date news from the big two. Errors from our very first show of the season. Randy gets mistaken often like us in the past <laughs> all the time <laughs> for the lead the singer on a good day on a of, good day <laughs> right uh for the lead singer of flog and molly and uh he who loves this band could not remember his name do you want to tell him his name it is dave king yeah i knew that <laughs> <laughs> but we got it this month so all right dave thanks for listening Thanks, great clips. <laughs> well, that wraps it up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Truth and Lending. Um, on our next show, we're going to share some of our favorite borrower horror stories. We can't just have all this gloom and doom and news. Let's have a little bit of fun. So email us your best or most horrific borrower stories, <laughs> and we will share them on the air. Again, it's truthandlendingpodcast at gmail.com. I cannot wait. I can think of a half a dozen right now that will just, it'll make your stomach 
turn and your blood. I turns. can't wait. Speaking of anxiety. <laughs> hey, you know, Katie, thanks for being a champ. I won't always make Thank fun you. of you. Um, but if you could just make sure not to shave oh, the no, neck. Nope, we're not doing this. We're not it. doing this. <laughs> I prefer no, a rounded I'm... neckline. You're welcome. Oh, that's great. No, I don't support this. <laughs> and that's Truth and Lending.